Welcome back to Systemness Trivia, aka Shit Minutes Trivia, the podcast where everything that can go wrong will go wrong. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. I'm Shit. And with us tonight we have Derek. Great. Hey, what's up, buddy? So Derek and Hayden know each other pretty well in real life. IRL, yeah. IRL. Nope. <laughs> we met in a park. It was good. A park. Well, okay. <laughs> now, now let's look at this. I've told this story before, and the guys were like, what the fuck is this? So I took my kids, of which at the time I had three, mm-hmm. and I took them to a local park that's near us. And while there, I come across Derek and his wife and their two children. And we're talking and getting to know each other. And I mentioned that I DM a local D&D game. And they said, oh, we like D&D. And I said, oh, that's great. Would you like to join? And they said, yes. And I said, oh, do you like Star Wars? They said, yes. I said, do you like Marvel? They said, yes. I said, do you like grilling meat? They said, yes. We became very fast friends. Was computers, it? Computers, amateur radio, amateur radio, the hobby list continues. It, it just <laughs> like, it, was it like in, was it, was that movie Step Brothers? Where like, did we just become best friends? Yeah, yeah it yeah, pretty yeah. much was pretty, pretty actually. It, it, was, was, it, was, it was instant love. And I mean that in the most platonic way, of course. It's a bromance. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he grills hot dogs at my house. I grill hot dogs at his house. Vice versa. So I'm so For a second on. there, I thought you said we eat girls and hot dogs. Well, we do that too. Oh, you know, the, the, I plead the fifth. The cannibalism, <laughs> the cannibalism goes both ways here. You know, so. You know. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyway, so. Dobber so would be proud. But yeah, I mean, we we literally met in a park, and it's the coolest thing ever because his wife and my wife get along. We all four get along. Like it's just a great friendship. So. Our kids mostly get along. <laughs> mostly. Our kids. Well, see, that's the thing, though. There's six, five, four, and then two, one, or two, two. So, like, the getting along nature is literally just kids, like, not getting along. So, I think they get along about a normal rate. It's just a matter of teaching them to share and, you know, not hit when things don't go their way. Mm-hmm. And, yes, you should kick them. Kick them, please. Kick them yeah. for that. <laughs> I, I feel bad because, like, it's not as easy to kick them like it is from IRC. Like, IRC, you can just rejoin. But with Discord, like, I have to re-grant his roles and permissions again. <laughs> Maybe I should just make a script. You should. You should. There's, I think there's an API for that. Or you could write there a bot. There is, yeah. You could yeah, write a bot that would automatically give him his roles when he joins back in. Do you guys want oh, to hear something crazy? What, Jay I'm sniffing my drink right now. And That's absolutely crazy. Is it a good drink? <laughs> it, it is a good drink. But I just... You know how sometimes like what you eat influences you know, something that you eat next or smell next or anything like that? I don't smell is definitely a part of. Yeah, I don't know. It's like seventy percent of taste. I don't know if that's what's going on, but I'm smelling my drink, which you know I'm not going to tell you what it is quite yet. But it smells like root beer. Okay, it smells like root beer. Fantastic. I mean, what? Yeah, how is that relevant to anything? I don't know. We're just banting. I thought. You realize root beer started as an actual like root beverage. Yeah, I get that. Beer. From roots. Yes. From roots. Root 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 in the ground. From roots. It's it's root beer, Jayvon. But this is not root beer. Okay, okay, but I'm saying the taste. Oh my gosh, I hate you so much. It's already three minutes in. Three minutes, forty seconds in. Three minutes, and we already hate hate AJ. Uh, I mean, that's a normal thing. Well, it'd be one thing if I said it smelled like root beer and it was root beer, but it isn't root beer. Okay, Jayvon, the taste of root beer derives from the taste of beer. I understand, but when I tell you what I'm drinking, it's not going to make any sense. Maybe that's why I like root beer so much. Are you drinking I beer? beer? I feel like that you can tell us that much. 
Is it a liquor? Is it a spirit? Yes. Is it Buffalo Trace? Is it is no. it Bud? Is it Bush? No. Is it Bush? Bush? <laughs> Again? <laughs> Again. Okay. okay. Him right. and his well, fucking Bush. Well, we're just gonna have to, to get Bush. to that. Guys, I didn't even talk about what we're talking about tonight. So, Derek is with PayPal. We were banter. We were banting. Yeah, it was premature bantulation. Derek is with PayPal. I'm all sorts of premature bantulation. What do you do with PayPal, Derek? I'm a senior infrastructure and cloud architect. So, I work in the credit division. Managing infrastructure, building new infrastructure, pushing them from data centers to the cloud, just kind of fixing stuff that breaks mm. when it breaks in our group, that kind of stuff. Okay. So we have a lot of criticisms of the, you know, the quote unquote cloud here. So yeah. Derek, explain yourself. <laughs> what, what, what? It's better? <laughs> what? what? We haven't done the tip. We haven't done the... Uh, I know. Okay. I know. Okay. We're not. Okay. We'll, okay. we'll get it. I'm just... We're, okay. Okay. I'm, okay. It's Bants, Hayden. We're bants. swiftly bants, moving banting. into the Bants. We're banting. You yeah. are a swift mover. Absolutely. So Derek, he's actually going to be on, as you know, since he's obviously an expert in the field, he's going to, to kind of give you guys a more balanced view, which we do strive to do. I do want to be fair in these things. So Yeah, I mean, as much as we decry the cloud technologies, there is a place for it. Place for it, extent, yeah. And, you know, Derek will obviously, obviously give us you know, good reasons for why there's a place for it. And, you know, like Brent said, I mean, we tried to, what, give a, a an unbiased opinion? Yeah. A large percent? Not or all the time. A balance. Not no. all the time. No. We have, we have a, no, we have a bias. But mm-hmm. Derek also has a bias. So that's the Mac, balance. So, it's not you know. unbiased. <laughs> we hate Mac stuff. We just have know. opposite biases. <laughs> I mean, so I'm balance. on a Mac right now. You guys aren't even listening to me, are you? We are. We're listening just, to you. You're just talking, right? Talking about Max and Bulls. Am I too quiet? Wait, how did you talk about... No, we hear you just fine. Why are you talking about Max? How did that happen? Where am I? Hayden's talking what about happened? bias. Yeah, we have a bias against Max. That's we what he said. Apple, oh. We, ha- oh. we hate most Apple products. Even though yeah, no, Hayden has an iPhone. True. I do have an iPhone, yes. For work, I thought, right? Or personal? It's personal. Oh. But what? whatever. Don't worry about it. It's not whatever. <laughs> It gets me to do what I need to do, okay? I'm going Android because of the whole Yahoo thing anyway, so... Okay, just to be clear, we are banting, right? This is bant? <laughs> well, we should just move on because I'm getting sick of no, this shit. We're, move we're on banting. to what? Whatever's next. We need to bant. Because I want to talk oh, about Mac OS. I have, I have something I want to talk about. Or Apple, rather, with iOS banning Discord. Yes. Oh, Apple is overrated. Yeah. No, we agree. It is overrated. So Apple, are you Apple. like a cloud engineer who uses a Windows machine? I started that way. I use a Mac now because it's the only system that works well for what I need to do uh-huh. mm. in the ecosystem of tools that I'm in. Interesting. Now, what what is that, like Python or? Python, no. I, I mean, I use some Python on the side on occasion. Yeah, but... like what sort of ecosystem? Would... Is it a ball Python? I feel like I'm jumping or... the gun here to the topic. We are. We're jumping the gun to the topic. We're not banting. We're jumping yeah. the gun to the topic. We should be discussing the iOS Discord NSFW server issue instead of banting about Derek's job and what he uses for his job. Yeah. Those are questions that can wait. All right, so Derek, hold on. To, topic. I know. Hold on to that again. Okay. Fight right. the fact okay. that he asked you. Don't answer it. Yeah, don't. <laughs> it was a trick question. Look, I've got an excuse. I'm, I'm, you. I'm diagnosed with ADD, so I've got an excuse. You're underway. diagnosed with dumbass. No. no that's, that's you and your inability to read documentation or actually Google for yourself. Hayden, if you think I'm a dumbass, I'm going to have you at it at the talking, guest next I'm time. I'm talking to Jason, not you. Oh. <laughs> Wait, did I say Payton? Yes. yes. I meant Jason. Yes. What the fuck? What the fuck? I 
gave up. What is wrong with you? What an evening, man. So for the record, everyone, you know how we normally are. Obviously, this has been a rough week for everyone. So I've had an awful I'll take this time right now in three, two, one. Say fuck this. Three, two, one. Fuck, fuck this. this. Fuck this. Okay, there we go. All right, we've got the fuck out of the way. You know what? That felt a lot better, actually. Thank you, Peyton. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's what I, I'm here I for. I feel like that was legitimately a little bit therapeutic. It was very therapeutic because I'm, I've had a bad week, too. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I hear you, man. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, Jathan, are you exhausted of Bants? Yes. He's always exhausted of Bants, though. He never likes the Bants. <laughs> okay. He's not right. a banter. Get it? Okay. Get it? Yeah, I, I, I see what that you did there. That was a great pun there. I don't know about great. I mean, we're, I feel like we're being a little bit liberal with the use of the word great here, but... Okay, moving How on. How about you eat my shorts? How's that sound? <laughs> That's a great use of your time. I don't think I'm that hungry. So <laughs> oh, you <laughs> will be. Oh, you do, will be. <laughs> Payton, do, do you get it? Because it's a fat joke. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay. That was good. That, that went over my head a little bit, but once you okay. said it was a fat yeah, joke, yeah. I, I got it. But See, which which isn't fair because you've lost a lot of weight. I have, but also Derek. The first time that all three of us met in person, we met at Texas Roadhouse, and I had a basket of bread that I was eating. <laughs> you didn't share any with the rest of us. Well, you had your own baskets you could eat from. So what why did you need a whole basket of bread? <laughs> why not? It's their bread. It's good. That doesn't. It's it like bread. an Olive Garden thing where it's unlimited breadsticks yeah, at Roadhouse. They do have really good bread. Yeah, bread. it's not, it's not like you were paying for it, Jason. Yeah, but mm-hmm. everybody else wanted some bread. They brought you bread that you were not. You Dude, were not I literally showed up at the Texas Roadhouse, never met Peyton before. <laughs> it was like kind of a cold night. They had a little bit of a wait, and he's standing outside on their patio with a basket of bread in his hand, just fucking eating the bread. I was hungry. <laughs> I was eating bread. Come on, man. Were you stoned or something? They, no. <laughs> No. no. They were fulfilling their design purpose, Jathan, which is an appetizer. Exactly. Exactly. It is to grow your appetite. Exactly. And he was growing his appetite. And, yep. he, and waiting for you. He was coming to us one you were You were taking your sweet time. We were waiting for you, of all people. That never happens. Yeah. 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 Well, it happened again tonight. It did. It's always extenuating you. circumstances where it yeah. has to happen. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Normally, right. I'm, I'm fairly punctual. Yes, normally you are. All right, I'm ready. Are you guys, you guys ready to talk about what you're drinking? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm so okay, ready. Let's I'm do our ask, guest first. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Yeah, you know our guest. De- yeah, well, that's the the polite thing to do. Derek, what are you drinking tonight? So I am drinking an old fashioned, a bourbon mm. old fashioned. Oh. Which bourbon? Actually, funny story. A buddy of mine from grammar school uh, makes his own bourbon. Oh, now. it's called I, it's called I bourbon. And so I am drinking that. It just came in the mail today, and it's uh, it's a pretty nice one. Is that like iRobot? Is there is there going to be a bottle of bourbon that's going to try and kill you? I hope not. <laughs> well, or do I hope so? Wait a minute. It's good bourbon. So it's it's the letter I. It's not E-Y-E. Correct, okay. yeah. All right. Now, is, is he licensed to distribute on a greater scale? or? Yep, you can buy it online. That's where I got my bottle. Awesome. We're yeah, he wants to make it accessible, like a, a higher-end bourbon, but accessible pricing and stuff. That's and awesome. It, yeah, it's pretty good. Drop us yeah. a link, and we'll... Yeah. yeah, drop us a link, we'll put it in the show notes. Oh, How cool. far does he distribute? I'm in Pennsylvania. Not Colorado. Jim. Yeah, okay, so I'm not. He, it's a national distributor chain, so maybe. Oh, okay. I'll send yeah, you the link and you guys can figure it out. Doesn't cool. Colorado have weird import laws anyway? No. No? Okay, all right. The PA does, and somehow the bottle got to me. So. Basically, everything is legal weird. here. Well, I found out that it's actually 
That's we, not true, Jadon. We are very much less restricted on export and import. It's the actual consumer side of things where things are, are fairly restricted. It's weird. It's super weird. I know. You're allowed to privately distribute, like, right to someone's door in PA. It's, it's crazy. Hmm. Great, thank you. He just sent us the link on, on Discord. Yeah, he's setting a good example. Yep. I'll forget if I don't do it now. So yeah. Oh, good call. Good call. <laughs> yeah, he's got a young kid, so, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see. Okay, Peyton, what are you drinking tonight? Well, let's see. I have water. Mm-hmm. And Murphy Stout, and then a flavored water, i.e. Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> I was like, oh, like those Mio or whatever's, but no, he's like straight up, like, Pabst PBR, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. I make a joke about PBR? Was that with you guys, or? I don't I don't what? think so. I made a joke the other day about PBR, and I can't remember who it was with. Well, tell us a joke anyway. Pretty cool story. I don't remember. It was, con- it was very contextual. But I oh, Here's okay. the PBR joke. Yeah. PBR. Yeah, PBR. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, I like PBR. It's probably my favorite like cheap beer, but it's not good beer. Seems like it's time so, for Derek to go home. Why did the banana go to the <laughs> ER? Why, Peyton? Because it wasn't peeling well. <laughs> I hate you so much. Why do you do this? Hey, I just realized something. That's a literal dad joke, because you're a dad. Yeah, my son told it to me. <laughs> Wait, I think it's supposed to go the other way around. I think you're supposed to tell it to him. That's like, you know, the... Man, I don't know where he came up with it from. Like, he walked up and he goes, Dad, let me tell you a joke. I'm like, what? And he tells me the joke. And I'm like, that's funny as all hell, but where did you hear that? He's like, I just made it up. <laughs> like, okay, buddy. All right. You know he didn't. <laughs> How do you know? He didn't. Jason. We don't take advice from you because you said that the sex of the child depends on which way you have sex in the position that, uh, that you're facing when you have sex. Everyone knows that. No, no, that's not. not that's, that's not, not even remotely true. That's some weird, wizened old Chinese bullshit. Like you go and you see this old Chinese dude's like like standing in his little shop and they've got like dried out frogs and shit. And he says, "Don't he's got feed them after beard. midnight." Dried out yeah, frogs. yeah, yeah, dried out frogs, Jason. Medicinal and purposes. Says, and he says, don't feed them after midnight and don't get them wet. And yeah. you do it anyway, and then a big and then motherfucker And now you got fucking gremlins, you. Jay Yep, and then you got gremlins. What the fuck? Uh-huh. It's all your fault. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm pretty sure you get soup if you just do that. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get COVID-21. <laughs> I'm topical. Okay, so uh, tonight I have half a six pack because it's been a very long week. So I have half a six pack instead of a full six pack. <laughs> I wanted to save it, I really did, but I couldn't because it's so good too. Yeah. I have nitro milk stout. Oh, from Breckenridge Brewery, oh. don't you? No. Tasty stuff. Nice. That's not nice. Breckenridge, Jason. It is a Colorado brewery, but it's left-hand brewing. Oh, you got that one. Yeah, it, it, I said nitro. Okay, they both make nitro. one. They both make a nitro. Well, Are you sure? He's not yes. talking about nitro. Is the Breckenridge one literally called nitro? Yes. Because I'm pretty sure nitro... No, that isn't actually just called nitro. What? It isn't called nitro. Okay, well, that's why I said milk stout nitro. It's just mm-hmm. called nitro milk stout. Oh my god. Okay, well, I said it backwards. It's actually Milk Stout Nitro for the one I'm drinking. But it's whatever, regardless, it's Left Hand Brewing Company. Don't listen to Jathan. He's just super excited. I mean, it's not like it's down the street or anything. Because I sent him a picture of Breckenridge Brewery at my local grocery store, and he's like, oh! 
you got to drink it. And I'm like, no, fuck you. <laughs> so I didn't get that. No, fuck you. But I, I got... <laughs> yeah, what a dick. I got one I've had before. I like milk stouts. No, because I like stouts. Because I just mm-hmm. like heavier beers. And I... I don't know. I like the, the sweetness of milk stouts. So, okay. It's like a whole okay. meal for your mouth. So I know I'm going to regret this. Jathan, what are you drinking? Breckenridge bourbon. Of course you are. Is that it? Yeah. Just straight? Yeah, I haven't had it in a long time. I went to the store the other day. I was going to buy something else, but it was on Super Sale. Super Sale? Yeah, so I... Where did you buy it from? Is that like Super Jail? So I... Super Sale. Bought it. Sale, Brent. It's a big sale that catches the wind. Mm -hmm. Not a jail where you go to be in prison. No, there was a cartoon, Caden. There was a cartoon called Super Jail. It was very edgy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I remember that from Cartoon Network. Yes. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that show was fucking whack, dude. I kind of liked it because it was so it, fucking trippy. It, it was, but it was like Rick and Morty, but like X-rated Bad. Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if the... So it's weird now that I said it, it tasted... It's, it's like the... I, I'm ignoring you, Jaython. It's like if the yeah. Ren and Stimpy writers... <laughs> yeah. And the Rick and Morty animators... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Without computer-aided animation got yeah. together. Yeah. Have you noticed that Ren and Stimpy is, like, focused on butts? Yeah, yeah. Like, hardcore butts. Now that you say that, yeah, there's there's a lot of butts. Yeah. So, anyway, shall we go to the tip? The meaty, turgid yeah. tip? Yeah. Hayden, why don't you... Why don't, you know what? I need some kind of intro gag for you. We do. We need, we need some sort of, like, tip gag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just a tip, you know, like that no, kind of thing. That's, yeah. No, we're okay. not going to become shock jock media. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's such bullshit. I hate that. Ugh. I do, too. I do, too. I can't stand it. <laughs> Maybe for, like, an April Fool's or something, we'll do it. Definitely. All right, Peyton, what's your tip? Well, it's about six... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about corkscrew. Corkscrew, corkscrew, corkscrew. It is a tool for tunneling SSH through HTTP proxies, but mm-hmm. you might find another use for it. You can get it pretty much anywhere. Basically, You're not, wait, wait, what do you what? mean you, you might find another use? That was really, like, open-ended. <laughs> like, well, that's what it says on the on the GitHub page. Is it supposed but, to be like, you might find another use for it, wink, wink, nudge, nudge? Yeah, yeah, or like, yeah. I, I guess that's what he's saying here. He doesn't really elaborate. So it's, I'm it's sure just could, generic you know. data expel, then, I guess. I, I guess so. Okay. So, you know, it's pretty much available everywhere. You can use it with SSH or OpenSSH. You just have to add a line to your SSH config. What? Why am I shaming? Why am I shaming my cow? <laughs> Hayden, it's it, you're in, it's in the middle of your segment right now. Can you please pay attention? Yeah, this is the best. What, 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 just let us keep shit talking. Discord. You. No, fuck you. Hayden, you can check Discord after your segment's done. Okay, fine, whatever. So basically, you just have to add in a proxy command to your SSH config. And then you're able to add your, you know, your information to that. And uh, I have not played with it because I am not a pen tester or anything like that. But I believe that it can be used for both good and bad things. Well, as with any tunneling, I guess. But, sure. Or what we, what we, data obfuscation? Traffic obfuscation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But check it out. You know, it does have proxy authentication. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I think it's interesting. We we were I forget who told me to talk about it, but whoever you are, thank you. So also Dranks. Shout out to Dranks. <laughs> shout out to A Mayor. Oh my gosh. Shout out to every episode. Mystic Rule. You get a oh, shout yeah. out this time. Yeah. Good job, buddy. 
we like having you around. Uh, I don't know when else, you're gonna. We, I don't, don't know really when you're gonna you, catch up so. to this episode, but yeah, it'll take like some time. Years. But you know, yeah, he's listened to our entire archive. Six so, years of this bullshit. What is like a legitimate years. use of this tool? On, I think it's a it's an obfuscation tool to allow you to so that maybe depends. SSH to something that you shouldn't be able to SSH to. It might. So so here's the thing. I mean China. Yeah, China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, it might work for China. Yeah. Especially if it uses the connect method of HTTP. Uh, While Peyton looks for that, I don't know if he's going to find it. I'd have to do a packet dump or something to, to see. Yeah, it uses so, a proxy command, so I would have yeah, to look at the actual... Well, right, keep but, talking, keep talking. Yeah, I'm looking, on, keep talking. It sounds like it hides it as HTTP proxy traffic, or yeah. just regular HTTP traffic. Either way. If it's the HTTP proxy, it might be a connect method, which would make sense, because otherwise you're going to have a heck of a time trying to forge all those HTTP headers and, and wrapping your SSH traffic inside those. But I, I mean, it's possible. It's doable. It's just going to be really fucking slow. I was going to say something about that. And now I just... Oh, right. Valid use cases. So aside from like, you know, surreptitious data exfil and, and that bullshit, I would say maybe one of the valid use cases would be... You know, I had something, and now I'm realizing actually that's kind of shady. Restrictive outbound firewalls. Yeah. Be, yeah. You know, I, like that's, yeah. that's. But even then, like that's still kind of shady because, like, they're there for it a is. reason. It's because yeah. the policy of the network you're on has decided that it's not acceptable for you to pass arbitrary data. Well, so I, we've said this before, and I'll say it again. Like, if you need to get somewhere, like, legitimately, please talk to your sysadmin. Don't find a way to cheat. Yeah, because when we find all out, you're gonna do is just you might get shit canned. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. find a way to cheat and then tell them about it after. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we fucking love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will. I might buy you a beer if you do that. Depends. I'm kind I mean, of a bitter it, it, asshole. Depends on how you cheat. Well, fuck Jason. If you come to me or Brent, well, we'll ideally, buy you a beer. yeah, yeah. Well, forget about Jason. Ideally, non-destructively, because like that's that's yeah. more work for me. But Don't like yeah, if you <laughs> if you find a circumvention method and tell us about it, probably going to buy you a beer. Might even give you a little bit extra access, you know, because <laughs> you well, found this, you found that way out for a reason. This so. might actually be good for like, and I say this as just a as an idea. It might be good for like schools with like restrictive, you know, policies or whatever. Oh yeah, bring that kid on as like a volunteer assistant. Absolutely. I mean, if a kid can figure out how to do this. Yeah. He's gonna be he's gonna I, be my a, junior. Yeah, that's absolutely. a kid I want on my team. Yeah, sure. absolutely. You know. So, like, you know, it's a neat tool. I again I forget who suggested we look at it, but whoever you are, thank you. It might have been one of you two, I'm not sure. But no, uh, one me. You know. Definitely don't think it's J Yeah, can you can you pop a link to that in the chat? Yes. Okay. Because I, I think I can find it, but like on the other hand, I'm thinking of how many projects are probably named Corkscrew <laughs> on GitHub. And I'm like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay, great. That and that has tip. been my meaty, turgid tip. Fantastic. So as I, as I mentioned, we have Derek on tonight. He's with uh, PayPal. And he specializes in cloud bullshit. Cloud I'm... bullshit. <laughs> Just... I specialize in cloud awesome. Thank you. Very cloud much. awesome. Yeah, well, the nice <laughs> thing about bullshit is it can kind of be neutral. Like, you know, it's a general encompassing term. If you're in the South, anyways, bullshit's more neutral down there. I don't know, man. If I if I accused you of bullshit in Texas, there'd mm. be a problem. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's contextual. Sure. Don't get me wrong; I, it's I, not objectively yeah. neutral. It has yeah. to be contextually neutral, but it is it is neutral. 
Yeah, okay. All right. I, yeah, I can agree with that. You know, like, yeah. like this is some great bullshit. You know, like that. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, don't step into bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like a true neutral rather than a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good neutral. Where uh, was I? Oh, right. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> no, not bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Holy so, Derek, shit, guys. What you've is had some time... <laughs> you've had some time to think about during our bullshittery, our fans. <laughs> First off, I am curious about this tooling that you mentioned, that Mac is what more well-suited for. I don't... Was that on air? Yeah, that was. Okay. Obviously, we run a lot of security software, Mm -hmm. and the security software on the Windows machines is more restrictive than it is on the Macs, Mm. so it's easier to do development work on the Mac. That makes sense. I mean, you've got GPO and shit on the Windows, so that that makes sense. Yeah, and it is still highly restricted. I mean, I don't want to pretend that it is. Right, It's it's rough to work sometimes, honestly, but it's just there are more established patterns, more established procedures for doing things on the Mac than there is on the PC in our ecosystem. So for me, it's I switched from PC to Mac just because. Cool. Now, I am curious how that extends to, say, workstations with WSL2 on them. So there you've got, like, Linux, but you've still got the Windows host. Now, something... Yeah, and that got in the way. Really? Still. Yeah, the, I'm not sure exactly about how the internals of the subsystem for Linux there works, mm-hmm. but I think it still uses the same proxies. If you've got McAfee on there scanning outbound traffic, it's still going to go through that. And it'll still use, it'll honor most of the settings on the system. Interesting. That's the way it seemed to. So it was still causing us a lot of just random and odd issues. Yeah. So we basically just migrated the entire team over. Um, And I guess this is where it might be helpful to mention that the company that I used to work for was actually bought by PayPal. So we were a startup company. I was employee number 68. Mm. And we... Swift Financial, it was a payday lender and a small business lender. And we were bought because of our underwriting capabilities and some of our tech stack and integrated into the the credit division within PayPal. So we came from this open source world, from this AWS kind of cloud native world, and we got pulled into PayPal, which was much more rigid Mm. and much more process driven and a much larger company. I mean, we went from, you know, I think 300 people at the time to a, a 30,000 person company. So it's more than a little bit of culture shock there. Mm-hmm. And they certainly have a lot more eyes on them as well. So I, I think oh, yeah. that's to be expected in that context for sure. But Yep. And we kind of lead the charge. I mean, we're, yeah. we're one of the companies that, you know, when we go into a market, we have to talk to legislators. We have to push mm-hmm. things. And also, let me mention that these are mostly my opinions and not PayPal's opinions. Of course. So let me get that disclaimer out <laughs> of, of the way. <laughs> I mean, and we do have a, a blank disclaimer on our site. I mean, it's it's a little bit buried, I'll, I'll grant it, but it is there. But yeah, it's good that you said that. Just for new listeners, reiterate, you know, this is a purely like opinionated, very opinionated podcast. They do not necessar- necessarily reflect that of our employers, whatever. But yeah, as Derek said, that's true. He's here representing himself, not his employer. Great. <sighs> wow. So, so I, I, I do want to mention, like, if it's true that, you know, WSL2 doesn't, you know, respects a lot of the, the Windows restrictions, props to Microsoft, because I a lot of implementations wouldn't think to do that. So if it does, you know, respect the same limitations, props to them. Moving on. Guys, I admit, I don't really have any good questions for it. So I think <laughs> I'm going to okay. jump right to Jathan, because Jathan has been heavily involved with Cloud Bullshit lately, or the Cloud Amazingness, or Awesomeness, or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Cloud Stuff. He's been on the cloud like a drug. 
Yeah, so... I just have one question before Jason gets started. Okay, yeah, yeah. When you upload to the cloud, do you like use, like, lightning bolts? Or how does oh that work gosh. exactly? I should have known I prefer fairies, actually. <laughs> just kind of sending out the little packets of glowy light. Fairies, that's pretty good. That way. Wait, Hayden, lightning bolt? Was that a Mac pun? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. thousand percent. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that was intentional, was it? <laughs> you were going for the cloud pun, and then I was like, oh, Mac pun. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, no, it wow. was. It was completely intentional. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I never lie. Great. First of all, so, as the guys kind of mentioned, I expect, I... <laughs> I expect you to just say, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> first of all, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm moving past Peyton's bullshit. <laughs> okay, okay. But, okay, I moved past you too, buddy. So, Derek, I worked as an HPC administrator at the University of Colorado for about six and a half years. And then I left for reasons. And I now work at a company that is basically fully invested in the cloud, which I previously hated. Like, I have used AWS and GCP before. Of course, they always want to get people in academia on board, so... And we have a Google office in Boulder, so they're always offering workshops, and they come give us all kinds of credit, and they want us, you know, it was cool. Like, they supported a bunch of events that we put on and stuff like that, but I was never really sold on it. Like, it was just so much more work. There are things about the cloud that just drive me crazy, but at the very least, I recognize that it is obviously something that's not going away anytime soon, if at all. So, you know, I decided that for me, my next position was hopefully going to be on some kind of cloud operations team because... I wanted to force myself into that environment. Dang gum, you don't need to get give them in a biography. Yeah. No, there's, <laughs> there's, this is going somewhere. This is important context setting. Okay, I mean, all right. Look, he's setting like... himself up with a career. <laughs> That's right. He's going to be yeah. the boss yeah. in six months or a year. Yeah. Well, well, he will yeah. never be Brent's boss, ever. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I, kill himself I have been working with this company now for almost six months. You may or may not know which cloud provider we use at this point. But so first and foremost, like what got you into the cloud? What was your experience before that? So remember I was saying I was employee 68? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was the first enterprise IT hire at that company. Mm. They just had local on-prem and a kind of colo rack space offering at the time. And one of the things that I did was push us up into the cloud a little bit. So you're Satan. And I, go ahead. So you're Satan. I guess, but everybody's liked it, so I guess that's why hell's full. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, there's some things that work really well in the cloud, right? I mean, it's not right for every use case. Name one thing. HPC. It's not right for that that use case. Well, cost-wise, it's really hard to keep up in HPC right now, using the cloud, I mean. It's just the cloud is expensive Mm. for that kind of a thing, when you're going to max out your CPU and you're going to do that all the time. Right. But the bursting workloads, it's a game changer. Yes. Mm -hmm. When we migrated up there, we did it for a whole bunch of reasons. We were redoing our DevOps pipeline. We had a bunch of legacy systems around that hadn't been properly maintained at the time. Mm-hmm. So we needed a little bit of a reset anyway. And when we were resetting, we looked at it and said, do we really want to stay with Rackspace, which at the time didn't offer a lot of their cloud services that they offer now. Right. You know, And we basically redid it from scratch. We said, all right, what do we really want our domains to look like? What do we really want our application hosting model to look like? And we moved it up there. Yeah. And since it was a web-based app, it had scaling workloads. It had scaling analytics loads. Mm-hmm. It did have some base use cases around that needed to be there. So that's why we decided to move up. Right. It made a lot of sense for us at the time for our workloads. Right. 
I do actually think it makes sense for a lot of workloads. I might even go as far as to say most workloads. But there are certain ones, high security, HPC, where you have constant demand on baseline systems, like a certain baseline amount of usage on a system, Mm -hmm. where the cost model doesn't work in the cloud, and it does make a lot more sense to go on-prem. But scale is really hard. Mm -hmm. Legacy hosting patterns and application patterns do not scale well. And part of the cloud transition is changing the way you host your apps and changing the way that you build your apps to really take advantage of that new set of patterns that you've got. Right. And that was really kind of the point of the cloud was to increase the scalability factor, right? Yeah, originally, Mm. it's definitely grown a lot more than that. Right, right. Yeah, look outside the paradigm. The paradigm, yeah. Lordy. Okay, so you are a big proponent of the cloud, obviously. What do you miss about on-prem resources? Not much. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be honest, I don't mind it much. The reasons are like a lot of the the base use cases. I grew up in in the data center world originally Mm -hmm. and and in the hardware world. Like I was dumpster diving in midtown Manhattan to build systems in college because I was poor. Yeah, (laughs) right. And like it was fun to poke at the hardware. It was fun to work at the low-level networking. But... Honestly, not having to worry about that is a great thing. It's not core to my business. I don't really want to have to be an expert in LAN switching and available LAN networks to be able to bring up a server to host my business application. Right. So for me, it makes a lot of sense to just outsource that to a provider that can do it really, really well. And I mean, Amazon can. That's who we use in our in our particular org. The, the question I have for hmm. you related to that is you don't, need to know it but you do know it though like it's, it's i not, do right mm-hmm. but, yeah i'm a I ccna mean, or i was a ccna back in the day and i would have been a ccnd but that's a whole other have story. you run across right. other cloud people who do not know how that kind of thing works oh plenty yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's kind of the norm i would say is a lot of cloud folks do just ignore that that's frustrating. Or don't understand the low level of it i mean i feel like you should know it to be able to virtualize it and i think that's my i'm old-fashioned The one thing that I'm realizing coming into a cloud environment right now is there are a lot of people who are really good at using AWS to get something done, but when it comes down to it, they really don't know shit about the underlying system. Like, they're really not good at using Linux. And that's not to bash on anybody that I work with. It's just to say, I've seen this in other cases and other instances. You know, it's easy to throw a load balancer in front of a web application even if you're not load balancing, and terminate your SSL at the load balancer because AWS will just do it for you, but you have no idea how SSL actually works. So here's the theory question I've been struggling with, with all of the growth of the cloud, right? Yeah, no, it's, I would definitely agree with what's been expressed. Like, people who are heavily invested in cloud, typically, mm-hmm. you know, because there are exceptions like Derek here, <laughs> but typically are really lacking in the direct management aspect of it so the the systems administration the operational aspect of it rather than like the strict deployment the cloud specific technologies we'll call it well what i'm getting at is how much of a problem do you think we can anticipate from that if any because like on one hand we're going to be moving towards a, a project where all of that's abstracted away right but on the other hand you'll have no competition and you'll have no opportunities for a deeper understanding of how that lower technology works. So I, I don't know. And because, you know, like, I don't, I still maintain that the cloud isn't perfect for everything. 
And I think that's a I think that's fair to say, even with my bias. So then you run into situations where you lack human resources that have the knowledge of how to operate on that lower level. So let me unpack that a little bit because yeah, first yeah. off, sorry, I, there was a lot. Yeah, there. I agree with you that the cloud is not correct for every use case. Hundred percent agree with that. But back right. in the beginning of the podcast, you had said, or I think everybody had agreed pretty much that like, well, the cloud's nice for some use cases, but I want all my stuff on-prem. My default mm. is I want most of my stuff in the cloud and I only want certain use cases on-prem, right? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very much the opposite from that perspective. And and that's fair. Yeah. yeah and, and the reason is because, you know, you're, you're bringing up valid concerns about do people understand some of these lower level operational concerns and for some applications now, they don't have to. They don't really need to care about mm-hmm. it because if you look at Kubernetes and containerized workloads, the baseline server that's running it, if you're in Fargate, you don't even care. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not appropriate for high security workloads. We're not allowed to do it that way, for example. Sure. Mm-hmm. But if I am a startup, to not have to worry about all of the low-level systems administration and be able to put up an application that can scale and host hundreds of thousands of people without a problem, you know, that's that's a huge motivator. That's a huge reason to go to the cloud and just start with it. And I am 100% on board with, you know, needing to understand those underlying concepts. That's where I grew up and where I came from. Mm-hmm. And that's what really gives people the ability to do low-level diagnostics and really understand, well, why are we having this odd performance issue in this, you know, multi-cloud environment? Well, <laughs> First off, multi-cloud is not really a good idea for most patterns. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, looking at it from a low-level perspective, understanding how DNS works, you know, most people don't even understand why you use SSL, you know, and the fact that it covers two or three different core pieces, right? It's it's identity and I hate validation to be that as well asshole. as encryption and things like yeah. that. And most people don't even understand some of those concepts, but... You know, look, an average developer, do they need to understand the low level of that? A developer, no, but somebody administering a network, yes. Well, that's kind of the root of my question, right? It's like, does it make the system an obsolete? I don't think it does, but I do think that it reduces the need for the number of sysadmins, especially when you heavily leverage automation. And that's really Mm. kind of one of the things that's come along with the cloud in a big way that does impact sysadmins and that career i think a lot more if you think about it now i can programmatically bring up a virtual machine right and that virtual machine Mm -hmm. now can be automatically that image can be automatically distributed out globally that's you could have done that with vmware sure but now you can concentrate more on just the image building and making sure that Mm -hmm. it's secure and doing the things that it needs to do and you no longer need to worry about that VM layer underneath it, right? So it allows yeah. you to be a little bit more targeted and more focused. You still have a need for people who understand the operating system. You still have a need for people who can do that type of debugging. Yeah. So but, that's kind of the thing, though. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. He does. We do that a lot yeah. on this podcast. By the way. All right. Don't I'm take sure. personal offense to it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but the thing is, you're free to if do it to us. you don't understand the underlying OS, even if you are building an image and distributing it, you know, you can inherently make it not secure by choices that you make at the OS level, right? So, sure. So my question is like, you know, we as more traditional sysadmins, I suppose, think a lot about layered security, right? So you have a firewall, but then you also obviously have users that have to log in using SSH keys. And then... Do you? 
Well, like that's a serious question should. because some workloads you do need that, and many nowadays you don't. And that's yeah. that's kind of where we're coming from in our world is we actually, if you're logging into a system, we did something wrong. And that's the way that my team thinks about stuff. Uh-huh. No, Our automation yeah. should be such that if you're logging in, it's because there's an issue. There's a major issue. Yeah. All of our logs should be going to Splunk. All of our application traces should be going to Dynadog. Uh, sorry, to Datadog. And if you're actually going into that server, there's something wrong. So, you know, and that's not the right case for every system by any means. We do have some mm-hmm. legacy apps, you know, in our on-prem stack where that doesn't work that way. But when you bring up one of our virtual machines in the cloud, it self-configures and brings its application online, whatever that application is, and you shouldn't ever need to touch it. Yeah. Okay, but so now, something as simple as a firewall, do you, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you use, you know, security groups in AWS, but do you also run a software-based firewall on the VM itself? Oh, yeah. And, and we look at the defense in depth from a lot of angles mm-hmm. because now you also have this control plane of the Amazon cloud itself. Right. And that is a vulnerability. There's some weird things that can happen around, mm-hmm. like, if there's, I forget exactly the details of this, but, like, if you have a cloud front instance, right, domain name configured, sorry, if you have an, a Route 53 record pointing to CloudFront, right, but you don't actually have a CloudFront instance hosted there, somebody else can just spin up CloudFront and take it over. Ah, oh, wow. There's no actual connectivity Whack. there. So you have a whole other set of potential breaches that can occur mm-hmm. from the control plane of the cloud itself. Right. Right. Classic example is over-provisioning of credentials. You know, you don't want to grant S3 star to an individual or to a service account. There's never a need for that. Right. But mm-hmm. that's a problem that exists with on-prem infrastructure, too. It's trying to take those older patterns and apply them to the cloud and understand the new nuances that can come along with it. And you do need somebody who's really good with the cloud to understand those pieces. Right. Right. And that's where a lot of people, and you know, when I first went to the cloud, I made those same mistakes, too. I treated it as just a data center and tried bringing it up that way. It's not a data center. If you're doing that, you're doing a lift and shift migration, and it's probably the wrong way to do it. So there's a lot of these nuances, and it takes time to really evolve into those newer patterns. And it's not right for every application either. You know, I keep going back to that because right. you're never going to push you know, an old legacy Solaris and Oracle application stack up <laughs> into the cloud. If you're doing it, I'm sorry. That's a, like you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> Jathan actually comes from the HPC place he was talking about. They had some open Indiana boxes, so he knows all about that Solaris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We still have some Solaris in our stacks. Oh, it's that way hurts. buried and, and everything else. It's not frontline anywhere, but that is some painful stuff. And, you know, I'm so happy that we're looking to start migrating that stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just, yeah. I don't want to worry about all of that low-level server administration stuff anymore. I want to concentrate on Mm. the cool, shiny new stuff and kind of pushing those boundaries and, you know, making a lot more money for a lot less effort. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is a good point. There is a lot of money in it now. I, and this is my personal bias speaking, so I'll I'll freely admit that, but I do feel like a lot of that is just hype. Like, if you're a five-person team, company even, and, you know, you've got, some websites selling like doohickeys online. Widgets. Widgets. Always widgets. widgets. Sure, yeah, we'll widgets. go with widgets. Always yeah. widgets. We'll stay true to the metavar yeah. here. You don't really need a full blown cloud architecture, I would argue. Like, you, you don't need the, like, 
load balancing and if you've got five customers a week. So, but I think because larger companies do that, there's a lot of philosophy around that. If I scale for it first, it will happen rather than I will scale for it when it happens. That's a, yeah, that's just a bad, that's bad management. I mean, (laughs) if you're, yeah, no, I I agree. (laughs) If you're a five person company and you're trying to sell a product, you know, use, (laughs) I'll plug my company, use a PayPal marketplace. (laughs) There you go. Use an appropriate service for that. You shouldn't be building your website at all. If Mm -hmm. you're a five person company, Mm -hmm. you should be paying somebody else who does websites for a living to build it for you. Yeah, you know, th- or like Squarespace, even yeah, or, or some bullshit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we are not. Any of we're not a, sponsored by Squarespace. Not sponsored by PayPal. Not sponsored by Squarespace. You guys know that I'm sponsored. We'll, by we'll PayPal. Freely admit. Let's be well, honest. We have no sponsors. <laughs> we, we have no sponsors. We wouldn't yeah, mind. We have, some. we have no corporate sponsors. Intel, but... AMD. If you guys want to sponsor us, heck yeah. Could you imagine if we got both Intel and AMD sponsoring us at the same time? Like we we do a, a spot for Intel, and then someone else would have to butt in with like, well, actually, well, actually Bron, AMD, uh, AMD. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. It would never happen, but it'd be great. It would be fucking fantastic. <laughs> what was I talking about? Cloud bullshit. Yeah, no. You said something. Oh, building. Yeah, you were talking about thing. how there's anti patterns, and I hate the phrase because I've been doing a lot of work in GoLang lately against my will. <laughs> I'm not a fan of GoLang, but you know, the phrase anti-pattern is very prevalent in the Golang community. But there is, a, you know, you did mention some anti-patterns in the cloud architecture approach. But, you know, we've kind of always had anti-patterns. Mm-hmm. Like, are we even in traditional systems in the Linux and Unix world, common advice you'll see is just chmod 777. Oh, and it's like, no! <laughs> Don't! <laughs> so, like, it's always been there. Bad advice always is there because people, I think, just naturally gravitate to the path of least resistance. And my worry, I've expressed a lot of worry. One of the worries, I should say, is because of how accessible the cloud is. And accessibility isn't a bad thing necessarily. So don't get me, you know, don't get me wrong about that. But because of how accessible it is, you're going to attract people who make a lot of money on consulting, giving really bad advice and doing really bad well, implementations. And that's why I asked him. Um... If he thought that that's why I made the point about needing to know how it is physically versus also virtually. Like, if you hire someone uh-huh. to do this job, they should have a clue about how. Mm-hmm. This now, stuff to be works. fair, just about every major cloud provider offers their own certification courses. They do. But that's true. We've talked about the problems with certifications in a previous episode, where they don't necessarily mean jack shit. Yeah, and looking right. back on, so I, I was AWS certified. At one point, I let it lapse, but How you know, a lot you? of people, well... The irony of that, it does not excuse it, <laughs> I'm trying to go multi-cloud now, and to learn more about the different offerings, Now honestly. you can't, now you can't enough, do your job because enough. you're not certified in the job that you've been doing that you were once certified for. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my buddies got like the entry level AWS cert at work, and he used to introduce himself as the only cloud certified engineer on the call, <laughs> and he was a project manager. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I have a healthy distrust of certs on the surface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, if you're listening. We, we I love you, John. On the- <laughs> <laughs> He's not listening. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't reflect you as a, on you as a person. But yeah, we express a lot of criticism of certs on the show throughout our episodes. Yeah, I, I mean... We did have someone on to defend certification. Who was that? Jason, who was that? Matt. <sighs> who? Matt. What? Oh, yeah, Matt Craig. Remember that time we got an email 
for somebody that was looking to contact him. Oh, yeah, I told him the fuck <laughs> And to be honest, like, I, I do think certifications serve a purpose. You know, they're, they're a yeah. baseline of understanding. But, you know, I was AWS certified before I really, truly grokked the cloud. Mm. And mm-hmm. that was sort of like a step on that road. Yeah. I feel like it's more like a driver's license. Yeah. Because we, we see terrible drivers all the time. And we're thinking they should not be on the road. But... Lo and behold, they have a driver's license, presumably, you know, but like, I kind of view it the same way where it is a, you've shown that you have a modicum of interest in proving you can drive, but that does not necessarily mean that you presently are able to drive. So, but that's the, that's what's going to happen no matter what. And, you know, going back to your, your original thoughts around like, Hey, are they going to make mistakes? Sure. It's an evolving process. And this is one of the reasons why. You know, I'm a huge, huge fan and proponent of the Agile methodologies. Oh, boy. Lean software development and all that stuff because it talks specifically (laughs) about taking baby steps, incrementally improving. And even those, people mess up left and right because it takes practice. You need to learn this stuff. And no one's going to do it right out of the gate. Right. Well, we did a story a few years ago about a DBA who or somebody who was working on databases who joined a company and they gave him a sheet and told him, Okay, follow this to the letter, and ended up having a production database in it, and he set it as his own database, and he wiped the database. And, like, he did this. I think I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, everyone was like, if he doesn't have a job, I'll hire him. He's learned a very valuable lesson. He's learned a million-dollar lesson. He knows not to do that anymore. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, you should not fire the guy who makes a, a major mistake like that. You should make sure that he understands the mistake and then – he never makes that mistake again or she never makes that mistake again. And so like making a mistake is one thing. It's, it's learning from the mistake is, oh, and, and is what you need to do. Yeah. So yeah. the reason I was hired was because I told you I was the first enterprise IT guy. Yeah. They had, they had a support guy before me. Uh-huh. He deleted the users oh, OU in oh, active no. directory and there was no backup. Oh no. Oh no. That's the reason I was hired oh, no. originally was to not make those types of mistakes oh, again. Oh no. So, yeah, he stuck around with the company for several more years afterwards. He learned a very expensive that, lesson. That's a, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, but see, like, you can't fire the guy because, well, I mean, I guess you could, but he's, you've given him a valuable learning experience. And so, yeah. you, you know, does it suck? Absolutely. But he's learned this lesson and he knows, hey, don't do that shit again and also have backups. So, like, yeah, and, you know. And one of my, one of our InfoSec guys, was actually like in charge of the, the tier one infosec group here. He really kind of shed some light on that for me because he said, look, if you could do that, I'm not doing my job right. Exactly. Like you should, yeah. You know, yeah. Th- this is a learning opportunity for a lot of people. It's not just the person who made the mistake. Why were they able to make that mistake? No developer should be able to connect to a production system without having to go through N tiers of other controls, right? That's Ideally, right. So true. production should never be touchable without two other parties involved like two parties total involved in it you know you need that dual controls capability and that's how we do it you can't even access a prod system unless you've got two users doing the code push or doing the authorization and it's important to have those types of controls and and i think a lot of the problem is that people don't people always think that they're right they don't want to admit when they've made a mistake look everybody makes mistakes it's not a big deal own it and mm-hmm. learn from it. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be doomed to repeat it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent on that. And 
that was a hard lesson I had to learn at my current job. I would make a mistake and I'd be like trying to figure out how I can fix it, you know, all this because my previous jobs were fix the mistake. Don't come to me with a mistake. Fix the problem and tell me about it. And I would go to my boss. I'm like, hey, here's the problem. And he's like, okay, well, what's, do we need to still fix it or whatever? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I took care of it. And he's like, okay, all right, well, in the future, come get me before so I know what's going on. I was like, okay, great. So, like, right. it was, it's this fantastic idea that I don't have to worry about going to my boss with a mistake. I can literally tell him, hey, there's a problem. You know, yeah, I did it or whatever. And he's like, okay, you know, as long as I haven't done it, like, recently or, you know, previously, then it's not a big deal because mistakes happen, you know? Like, yeah, and that's this is why my ops team uses, like, I actually brought that DevOps pipeline and everything into the ops team that, that I built yeah. in, in Swift back in the day was we did this blameless retro. And that's a really hmm. important thing in the DevOps world of like, look, let's talk about the past week or two. Let's talk about the past sprint and let's see what exactly has gone wrong. What, what can yeah. we do better? It's not what's gone wrong. Sorry. It's what can we do better because we can always improve something, right? Yeah. And it's taking ownership, but not blaming people for it. It's creating a safe environment to talk about this stuff. And, you know, look, <laughs> old school sysadmins where we're a cranky bunch we will yeah. lay blame. We'll take blame yeah, most of the time. Bastard operator from hell kind of yeah. thing, you know. Exactly. But this newer pattern, it does work well because it creates an environment where people are comfortable to talk about it. And that leads to some really creative solutions. And that's the idea. That's the purpose of that. And you do, if you do look at it in an objective manner, like blame really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's, it's a problem. Like the blame has nothing to do with the actual problem and how to well, I, get I think, around that. I think problem. it matters if it's an intentional issue or like if it's if it's something. Well, I mean, if it's right, something someone yeah, has made, malicious. if someone has made the same mistake multiple times in a row, I think then you need to look at the person. But sure. Look, yeah. Like I mean, track yeah. it, but like, but don't. There's two sides to that, yeah. though, right? Yes, yeah. you absolutely yeah. should look at the person and understand why are they doing this repeatedly, right? right. Is this the right yeah, position right. for them? Because right. it might not be might not the be. right spot for them. Absolutely. They might not have the right mm -hmm. judgment. That's okay. Where else can we put them that they'll be effective, right. right? Right. And the other side of it, though, is why were they able to make the same mistake twice? Clearly, we didn't do our root cause or analysis and corrective actions time. properly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as, a, as someone on operations, that second question is one I'm infinitely more curious in than blame. The management is going to be more concerned with the first question, as they should be. But yeah, for operations, I'm super interested in that second so question. So I actually find it really interesting that you see the management should be more interested in that first question, because most of the good managers that I've worked with are not interested in that first question. They're interested in the second one. Really? Yeah. And that's one of those where I definitely noticed a difference between legacy orgs and sort of these more cloud-centric orgs. And it's not because they're cloud or anything like that, mm. but it's, it's a different mindset in those places. And the folks tend to be like, well, why did this happen? Not who did it. It's not as sure. much about understanding the individuals involved, but maybe the roles involved, the responsibilities of those roles. Mm. And, you know, the proper controls, the proper compliance yeah. around yeah. it. Why are we doing these things? So the mindset that's typically present in these new cloud-centric uh, organizations, would you say it's more so geared towards closely tying people with technologies? It's about really just kind of enabling so technology okay. is an enabler of a business or of a person or of a team. Interesting. And, and how do we really use technology to enable that next gen thinking, yeah, that good. next big mm. step, you know, 
a lot of people, there's so many cliches in our world. They talk about like, oh, 10x, right? What's a 10x yeah. engineer? What's 10x <laughs> yeah. growth? But the reality is that asking that question of what is a 10x experience is a really good thought exercise. Mm-hmm. What makes this so much better than it was before? Who did that? It was Airbnb. You know, they, they actually looked at it. They're the ones who I think coined that 10x experience term. And they really said like, okay, well, what would make a really good booking site for, you know, just apartments or houses, right? All right, well, then what'll make that better? And what'll make that better? And they asked that same question, you know, 10 times until Mm. they get to this ludicrous thing. But it just gets you thinking in a fundamentally different way about the problem. Elon Mm. Musk does this too. It's first principles thinking. It's a little bit the other way of... Well, okay, why is lifting a payload into orbit so expensive, right? And he actually gets down to the lowest, lowest level of that train of thought. You know, Mm. what's the actual cost of the material? What's the cost of the rocket? And that's how he came up with the whole concept of a reusable rocket, which up until the time was, you know, completely unheard of. It was unheard of. But it's like, well, that's the major expense. It costs a lot of money to build a fucking rocket. I thought that was incredible to hear that. Like, that's how he figured that out. I'm like, came up with this whole design like that was incredible to me because yeah and it's really exciting that not only is he really the pioneering he's not the only one but he's pioneering the privatized space exploration aspect of it but not exploration but space industry we'll say but he's the dude like i have a total heart on for him i'm not even gonna lie that's fine man like he's he's a cool dude idolize and he's got his issues. Everybody's well, got sure. their issues. But, like, he revolutionized payments. He created PayPal back in the day. Right, right. He's revolutionizing transportation, right, with electric vehicles. When Tesla came out, the thought of how do we build an electric grid and a recharging grid capable of handling, you know, electric vehicles, nobody thought they could handle that. And here we are because Tesla was one of the major ones who pushed it. Not exclusively, mm-hmm. but they were one of the major ones. Then you look at what they're doing with the monkeys and the chip uh, capability for actual, you know, mental control yeah. and merging with computers. Like, he's single-handedly been the cause of a lot of these major improvements. And it's, yeah. it's really interesting to try to understand his philosophy and why he does this. Well, he's things. also not wackadoodle like John McAfee. Well, I mean, he's a, he's he's a, a different kind. He's a awesome little nuts. Dude. He's a great guy to hang out he, with. He, but, he's yeah, a little yeah. nuts, which is fine. <laughs> To be a little nuts. I think most billionaires are a little nuts. He's not like completely off the rails like John McAfee nuts. No offense, John McAfee. I mean, he well, thinks we're living in a simulation. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there. to be fair, a lot of physicists hold that position. Yeah. So I think I've linked to in the show notes at some point how that's mathematically probably not the case. But, you know, it, it's still up kind of for debate. But all that aside, yeah, it, it does take a special mind to look at problems that mm-hmm. way. And the weird thing is, there's nothing inherently genius that requires genius to do that. It's just that being your natural inclination to look at problems that way. And that's the genius part. And I'd actually say that it's not even a natural inclination. You can train yourself to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually what I was going to just ask is like, if you want to start thinking about problems more that way, like, how do you recommend getting into that mindset? Oh, dude, if you want, if you want to go down that (laughs) rabbit hole. Oh, what's the guy's name? Taleb. I forget his first name. He wrote a book, Black Swan, and he talks a lot about 
optionality and what real risk actually is and how to make a system that will heal stronger than it is before. Wow. And the dude is an asshole. He is he's just <laughs> a terrible human being. But he is beyond brilliant and revolutionized risk modeling. I highly recommend you read some of his works there. And not actually The Black Swan Effect. There's the next book in the series that he wrote. And I forget what it is. I'll send it over to you afterwards. But like that is a fantastic one. Another book I highly, highly recommend. There's two. One is, I have it on my shelf here, Accelerate. That is a fantastic, fantastic book on DevOps and why if you adopt some of those patterns, it will causally it's causally related to success in the organization. So if you adopt those patterns, it will generate the thinking into certain degrees that will help and take you to that next level. Mm -hmm. So it's really a whole bunch of other things that'll do that stuff, but I I Mm -hmm. highly recommend some of those things. They're great ways to go. And there's a lot of other books that talk about different aspects of this, you know, like, like about 10 X thinking about lean development and those things can be brought into the operational space right. as much as they are in the dev space. But at the end of the like day, said, our team, oh, go ahead, sorry. Well, it just, it really sounds like it's a cultural thing. It's not so much experiential. I wouldn't say it's cultural. I say it's, I mean, cultural in the sense that you're culturing your own mind to think that way, but it's not, no, it's, it's, I don't think it's experiential. I don't think it's necessary. I, you're right. I did use improper wording. I don't think it's inherently natural. Or required to be natural, but it is well. What I'm thinking is like maybe okay. You want to learn Python, so you go read automate the boring stuff, right? Like everybody has done that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my question, I guess, what I was more thinking about, as opposed to like reading and and really shifting your thinking in that way, is you know, is there an activity you can go through, or is there a certain stack you can stand up that lends itself very well to understanding? You know, that type of thinking. It's more than just one thing. That's the thing. And I actually do a lot of career coaching internally as well. And this is one of the hardest things to teach because human beings are naturally wired for cause and immediate effect, right? Mm -hmm. But this requires sort of, I don't want to say suspending that completely, but at least temporarily suspending that and looking at those next levels of thinking. And why? Basically, ask the five whys. Ask why five times. Why is this the case? Why is this the case? You're going to be an annoying toddler to yourself. It's going to be (laughs) annoying as hell. But it actually does tease out a lot of these fundamentals. And if you can shift your thinking more into that space and just sort of ask that question more often, then that actually will lead to like in a debugging scenario, well, why does this keep happening? Or why is this particular resource being exhausted repeatedly? It shouldn't be, but it is. You know, it's an extension of that thought process and kind of taking it to the next level. And I did just post in the Discord, but the book I was thinking of is Anti-Fragile. Great. It's a fascinating book. It's hard to get through because it's it's very detailed. And the guy, like I said, he's rough. He's a rough author. Mm. But you'll find that he generally has praise all across the board because of his ideas themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm down with that. Like, I'm cool with your, you know, if you're an asshole, as long as you're smart about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and he is. If you got something to say, I don't care how you say it. And so another thing I'll throw out there, just because it's random and weird, and this is an interview about me, so hell, I'll talk yeah. about it, <laughs> is like 
it's important to talk to do different things. Like I'm mm-hmm. a total geek when it comes to this stuff. I've got a rack, a seven foot equipment rack next to me that's half full. I got a 3D printer in there, a bunch of Raspberry Pi servers, like all this random crap, right? But I also do permaculture. I'm a certified permaculture designer. And I do alternative agriculture. And I'll tell you, that is a systems based approach to agriculture. Absolutely. And I was able to Yeah, I was able to understand so much more about technology from thinking about you know, like working zones, the zones that you're in. Zone one is closest to the house. It's the stuff that you see every day versus zone five, which is the stuff that you maybe see once a year. And, you know, what's an appropriate crop for each of those? Well, Mm. that actually kind of translates to defense in depth. It translates to what am I touching every day and why? I shouldn't be doing this stuff. This is the stuff I should be automating, Mm -hmm. right? And so you start thinking about it that way. And honestly, my tech helped to inform that as well because I have an automated chicken water takes care of my chickens so i don't have to worry about them except twice a week Mm -hmm. you know and it's that back and forth and getting those alternative perspectives by looking at these different areas i think that really helps to make us more rounded human beings and sort of think differently about these problems and so few people do that so few people take the time to really reflect right go ahead i would say that something you'll see common in today's culture is People even actively battle against it because they see automation and a strive for efficiency as a corporatizing force when it's really not meant to be. Yeah, I mean, the corporatization benefits a lot from efficiency measures, but it's not the whole they're not as closely tied as people make it to be. Yeah, that's interesting because from a technology perspective, I think it's the height of engineering. Like, yeah. It lets yeah. you automate the boring stuff, right? Literally, mm-hmm. so that you can do the more interesting uh, well, things. I don't want to have to, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to have to create, you know, user accounts. I want to be able yeah. to, like, so one of the big things that we did is we actually have an automation in front of our active directory. You can do a pull request to create a user. And it requires, you know, two people plus a manager to sign off on the commit. And then it goes through and it just deploys it out there. I don't want to have to worry about that shit. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, that's a really... I fucking hate that I had you on the show because I'm starting to actually respect the cloud now. <laughs> yes! Peyton, I did it! I did it! <laughs> fucking egg. Let's not get carried away. He's drinking. He might change his mind. I'm uh, about two and a half beers in, but... I and think look, I'm I'll t- I, I still sober. agree with you. It is not appropriate for every use case right. by any means. So right. the one thing that I found is, you know, so I, uh, in addition to my full-time job, I have a very, very tiny consulting business. And, you know, we've done a couple of projects over the years. Right now, things are kind of, with COVID, we just kind of didn't really fall apart, but we just stopped doing anything. Right. But, you know, so many new companies, and Brent touched on this earlier, like everybody wants to get on board with the cloud. But so many companies don't need the flexibility that the cloud offers. And so, like, you can have a good, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, cloud host like Linode or DigitalOcean to get, you know, not as many benefits as AWS has, but it's so much more cost effective than AWS on a small scale. Yeah. If all you need is an API to turn up machines, you don't need AWS. There's hundreds of VPS providers that can do that, you know? And so the thing is, is I understand like people being like, oh, well, when we do need to scale that much. But the fact of the matter is you're burning through so much fucking cash before you ever need to. And I just don't understand that paradigm. I I really just mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, yes and no, because like, OK, so 
I am not bashing the node or, you know, DigitalOcean or anything. Right, They're right, great right. providers. And I frankly love the documentation. For what they do, they yeah, have. yeah. Have you and, used them? But I have. I've actually used droplets for the Philly Dev working group. That's, uh, sorry, the Philly Dev Slack channel. We use a droplet to actually get, to do that automated registration thing. So, yeah, that's, cool, cool. that's definitely used it before. But to say that it's not cost competitive is actually not quite right because, you know, Doing an EC2 instance mm-hmm. with the generic like on-demand pricing is, you know, for a T2 micro is three dollars a month, right? And I think the public IP is included in that even. And but that's, storage that's isn't. on-demand pricing. And if I turn around and leverage their one-year commit, then it's even lower. I think it's like two bucks or something a month, or a mm. dollar fifty a month. So I definitely agree that like you should look at all of the options available. But if you think that you're production instance is going to scale and you think that you're doing a startup that will have a hundred thousand users in six months then you should probably just start with something like amazon or gcp Mm. because you have that capability long term yeah and plus then you're spending your engineering time on something that you're not going to have to re-engineer in six months right well actually i'd say you should be taking the baby steps approach on that and look i'm all for just spinning up an ec2 instance through the console and not doing iac just so you can get that MVP up and running, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But you're talking about a base, like a T2 micro instance, but without any storage. Well, even the storage is pretty cheap. And when you turn around and look at like S3, it's just insanely inexpensive to get enterprise level storage. And you got to think about it also from the availability and durability aspects of your data. Amazon guarantees in S3 that you're going to have 11 nines of durability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's insane when you think about it. That's like, you know, you're going to lose a K of data per terabyte per 100 years or something crazy like that. Like, it's insanely, insanely small. Mm-hmm. And in reality, you don't lose any data because it's all on the spinning disk. It's just, it's a nice thing. Now, their availability is less. I think that's three or four nines, right? And I mean, everybody makes fun. Hey, there was an S3 outage. It happens. Right. right. But if you think about how much data they have and how many different clients they use it's amazing what they can do with that yeah and i would say that your server shouldn't necessarily store its data locally on disk unless it absolutely has to yeah certainly Well, even to that part of the new architecture theory is that like you should make as much of it as disposable as possible right so like with things like config management like salt i'll admit and you may not think of this because i'm a curmudgeon old ass grumpy man but like and I'm a huge salt stack fanboy. So, no, I'm not 27. That's too <laughs> I'm a huge salt stack fanboy. I love it. It's fantastic. Best thing that happened to Ops, I would argue. But it's my favorite CM. With things like that, you don't really need to worry a lot about the surrounding idempotence of like of an instance, right? Mm-hmm. You need to worry about the data. And even then, if you have proper backups, that's you've moved from needing to back up the entire box to like just your data set, which is fantastic. But that's the point, right? So I would argue that you don't really need to start with AWS if you're, ex- I mean, yeah, I, if you're expecting you're hitting like hundreds or, or not hundreds, millions to billions of hits on release. Yeah, like maybe AWS See, would be a good I, idea, but like. I don't necessarily agree with the large number of that. I think you can definitely, if you're hitting, I would say 10,000 or more hits 
a day, an hour, a minute, whatever, you're going to want to be able to have that failover in case there's a problem. Well, like, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to go for a dramatic... Well, 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 you're you, not. You're probably not. Let's but, be honest. But what right? if it happens, And this though, is... Well, you know? well, no, 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 no. Peyton, you touched on a really okay, good right, point go here. A ton of startups, mm-hmm. I would say 90% of them plus... Don't. ...think they're going to be the next fucking absolutely, hot thing, absolutely. right? I agree with that. Yes. They yeah. never are. They yep. never are. Like, maybe, like, 3% of them mm-hmm. are, but that's a, a startlingly small yeah. number. So you're not going to get slashed at it. Like, this, and if we have anyone who's, like, got their dreams of being the next hot thing, like, this is for you right here. You're not going to be the next hot <laughs> thing. It's a dose of reality you need, right? If you are, if you somehow become well, the, the next hot no, no, no. thing. No, 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 no. Don't even leave the option open, Peyton. The, 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 the other the thing open. is just throw Cloudflare in front or CloudFront <laughs> yeah, or yeah, any of these yeah. CDNs. It'll take care of half if of that If you need a you. Band-Aid, there are Band-Aids. But yeah. you're not going to be the next hot thing. Unless you've been hyping up for a year. Yeah. You know, if you've got people digitally, I guess, lining up the door for this shit, if you've got a waiting list, like an email distribution waiting list, that's like millions of people waiting for you to release, you really are not going to need this. And that's my stance on it. But tying that back to, say, config management and this idea of disposability? Disposability Disposability is probably a better word. Thank you. It doesn't really matter which provider you start with, I think, because the whole point of that is it should be transparent to your process, to your operations process. Like Salt, for instance, I don't know if you've used it, Derek, but... I looked into it when it first came out, actually. I really like the pattern and the zero MQ piece of it. It's really cool tech. I like it. Yeah. We use Ansible just because it was an easier pattern for us at the time. But I started on Ansible, moving to Salt now, and, and it's it's yeah, it, it's a lot more complex and it takes a lot more work, but But it's awesome. It's awesome, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Where was I going with this? Right. Okay, so you have this config management. Salt has this idea there's a, a salt cloud mm-hmm. thing, right? Where you can automatically turn up and turn down instances in, in various cloud providers. I think it's like seven or eight of them and you can add your own. So it has this concept of like abstracting all that away. So it's it's just it salt handles all that for you. So if you need to move to say from Linode to AWS, from DigitalOcean to AWS, whatever, you should be able to just change like a single line in the config file or whatever. Mm-hmm. Done. Your entire migration, you've had your instances spun up. I mean, yeah, you have to wait for them to spin up, but if it's AWS, it's probably taking a lot less time to spin up in the first place. You're set. You're done, right? That's it. That's all you need to do. And this is, I admit, highly dependent on what your service is. If it's a very data-centric service, then you're probably going to have a little bit more of a, an issue with that because you got to wait for it to like pull from backups or your, or your storage or whatever. But I would say that it doesn't really matter so much what the platform is that you start on because things like that exist. And that was what I was getting at. Yeah, and I think that there is a lot of truth to that, but data Mm. does have weight. There is a concept of data Mm -hmm. weight, yeah, and you're going to have to pay for that in one way or another when you're doing a migration. And Mm -hmm. again, and this is my personal bias speaking, if I'm going to do a startup or if I'm going to work with a new company, I'm going to AWS just because I know it can scale. I know its patterns, right? Yeah. And I know it can do what I want, but... Linode has like a fantastic Kubernetes offering, right? Mm -hmm. And I would be totally fine with bringing up some systems there too, because they've got a really good offering there. They have a good S3 analog, but you do have to be careful because 
what was it, OVH host just had a huge oh, yeah. issue. No, they, yeah. Because they were yep. saying that they did it they right don't. and that they yeah. had, you know, good spacing between their data centers, <laughs> right? Their availability zones, but they were literally one building caught the other building on fire and they were each availability <laughs> we zones. We have like, great space that's not a good pattern. all of our data centers at yeah. least six inches. Amazon, when you look at when whole US, U.S. East 1, I think there's like 40 or forty to 100 miles between the availability zones. Mm-hmm. But in my console, and when I'm bringing up a VPC, they're net graphically right next to each yeah. other, right? Yeah. So how much, going back to one of the previous things we were talking about, how much does that buy you? Like, how much would you have to do to set up a data center with that kind of link between it, with that kind right. of local network capability between it. It's just a better pattern, and it's a better way to go than on-prem for a lot of things. So we've talked a lot about you know, your pros about AWS. What are some of the, not necessarily cons, but what are some of the negatives that you've seen with ADS, AWS in your experience, or even other... That's literally what well, a con know, is. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I was what... not trying to... I know. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Fuck you! All right. You didn't want to. You didn't want to use, use that, use that word, word because you didn't want to. I didn't want to like okay. do like. What's your pro cons? Like make a list for us. And, like, okay. I, I guess what I want to know is what are some of the failings of AWS that you've experienced in your time using it or any other cloud provider, and how what was a workaround on it? So I will honestly say that the majority of the failings that I have experienced mm-hmm. in Amazon have been because I made a bad decision or I did not understand something. Now, there have been like issues, right? Sure. We did have an outage at one point in Cloud HSM, which is one of the, the backing services that exists for hardware security modules, right? And that was like mm-hmm. a one in a million thing. That, that does not happen frequently up there. But when it happened, right. I mean, it took out our, our stuff for a while. And that was annoying. It was difficult. But, you know, they owned it. They fixed it. Yeah, And we should have had better controls. We didn't know at the time, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. that, I think, is the most difficult thing about AWS or the cloud in general is that you really don't know what you don't know until you start doing it. So would you say that learning control or learning the ability to control is something that anybody who's going to be a cloud support person is something they, they should focus on or have some awareness of, like, Figuring out the best way of controlling aspects? Yes, but I would also say that you don't want to be too controlling. Sure. My approach is always to establish guardrails, being generous with them, but specific. Because you don't Mm -hmm. want to disable the advantage of the cloud, right? Right, right. The advantage of the cloud is API-driven infrastructure. It's API-driven services. So a developer can turn up what they need with the push of a button. Right. Right, what you right. need to do is make sure that there's sane policies wrapped around that so they can't have an S3 bucket be publicly readable. Hello, Capital One. <laughs> you need to make sure that they don't have EC2 instance roles unless they're absolutely necessary. Right. Because, right. yeah, it's a convenient shortcut, but anybody who's on that box now has that role. And what does that mean? Right? So yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. It is a very different way of thinking, and this is where taking an incremental approach to slowly bringing yourself up in the cloud so that you're elevating your entire team, everybody is understanding more about these cloud patterns, that's really the important way to, to do things, because otherwise you're going to have people who are trying to build a data center in the cloud, and that's not going to work for a whole slew of reasons. Right, right. It's right. not a good pattern. Can you tell us an anecdote about a cloud solution that you were brought in on that was completely 
not the way it should be run or set up. I mean, I built one. That's perfect. Yeah, this is the whole thing. Like, when I came into Swift, I didn't know the first thing about the cloud, actually. I've only been a cloud engineer for four years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But when I first came in and we were looking at, you know, hey, we've got this stuff over in Rackspace, my first setup in Amazon was a single account. <laughs> and it had a single VPC with wow. multiple availability zones and some servers, right? We basically started porting our existing process to it. Wow. And that did work. I will share you know, it. <laughs> but it kept all of our old problems. Yeah. It literally just ported all of our issues. And my CTO came to me and said, like, why did you do this? We have the same problems we had before. And I went, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Why did I do this? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and then, you know, I went to reInvent and I started learning about what the actual Amazon patterns were and why they existed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think about things in weird ways like this. And I had a, a business partner at the time, JSB, who was just absolutely fantastic at teasing out these details and asking these lower level questions. Yeah. And the two of us together were able to just design this infrastructure that worked fantastically. And it was not a single account. We have like 35 or 40 accounts and there's plenty of orgs that have thousands or hundreds of accounts. And it's mm-hmm. how do you slice your domains, right? Yeah. How do you slice your core services versus the application services? And do they each need their own accounts for blast radius region reasons? And how do you interconnect them? And how do you cross-publish services? And you know, then I learned about cell architectures and how they're freaking amazing. Yeah, yeah. These are like the things that you learn and the thought progressions that happen when you just say, look, let me shelve my old biases in the ways that I thought about doing this stuff. And let me look at what these new patterns are and try to judge them honestly. There are great things about them and there are annoying things about them. And you're still going to make mistakes. I mean, I still base my S3 out of US West 1 without a backup to, sorry, US East 1 without a backup to West. And, you know, <laughs> it went down. That was when, when the uh, S3 thing went down. And oh shit, we couldn't take loans for four hours or six hours or whatever wow. it was. And, that hurt, but it was still a better operational decision long term than trying to maintain that locally where we were constantly having disk issues. You know, S3 was one of the first things that we adopted to not have those problems. And even with that day of outage, that was still not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the grand context of everything, it was bad. I wish I hadn't made that mistake, but I did, and I learned from it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had a local storage outage in August, and it was devastating. I mean, it was killer. Mm -hmm. We've recovered, obviously, since then, but we are in a unique situation where having cloud is not, I think, the right choice for us due to the critical nature of the work we do. So, you know, I hear you. And I mean, I know my parent companies, yes, we do, our Galileo is all in, in AWS. So, I mean, like I'm learning it as we speak. So, don't get me wrong, I think it can provide good solutions for people, but I will almost always want to have a physical server in front of me sometimes, most of the time. Yeah, and again, I don't disagree with that. There's certain workloads that I think are good for data centers. What I would challenge, though, is that the existing data center patterns themselves aren't great. Oh, no, I I agree with that completely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the legacy things, you know, I need to open a ticket to bring up a server. That's bad. That's an antiquated Mm. pattern that shouldn't exist 
No, we don't, we don't have that. We well, the ticket is usually just an, like an email sent to us, and then we you know do that kind of work. But right, but, we also the, have a the, lot of virtual servers as well too. So what I mean though is that the real advantage of the cloud is the API in front of it. The fact that I can yeah. programmatically bring up a server or yeah. a load balancer yeah, yeah. or a storage pool or whatever, right? That is empowering your development team to do what they need to do in a creative manner. And having to have a ticket or an email to bring up a server, again, I'm not saying that that's bad because that's the way things evolved. But I'm saying that if you're doing that now, you're probably doing something wrong. Like that should not be your net new greenfield build. Should not be that approach. You should be looking at OpenStack yeah. or VMware with the API framework in front of it such that users can bring up systems via infrastructure as code and stuff. Like these are the really big things I think that are the underlying technological shifts that are important. You can do hybrid cloud and do it really well. But if you have a data center mm-hmm. that you can't program and a cloud that you can program, your workloads are going to go to the cloud whether you like it or mm-hmm. not yeah. because there's less friction there. And that's why you have to bring your data center up to that level or else it's not going to be around that much longer. People don't want to be there if they can avoid it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the very least, you should be having it me on all your yeah. <laughs> on all your data center boxes <laughs> rather than like needing to put in a fucking ticket to, <laughs> hey, can you reboot this server? Well, the unique situation that we're in is such that things like ILO or ICMI are restricted to their various networks. And so if you don't have access to that network, you don't have access to that IPMI or ILO. So you do need then to reach out to us to check it out. But see, that's where it gets really interesting from my perspective yeah. because you're talking about ILO, right? That's mm-hmm. a single server. That's right. that's an important construct right. from the data center perspective. Absolutely. From the cloud perspective, why the fuck do I give a shit about ILO? I want my workload to be ported between 15 servers and not give a shit if one goes down. Right. 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 See, that's the thing, though. Like, I agree with that a thousand percent. But the regulatory committees that we're under are like, yes, you need to restrict ILO because you can't have people just going in and rebooting the server for no reason. Well, right, right, right. And I agree with that. I mean, you you shouldn't have that. But like the data center itself should be structured that, you know, your back end techs can do that if they need to diagnose underlying hardware issues. You know, what Amazon does is they slot the server out. And yeah. they don't even care. And they'll put in a new one into the rotation. And yeah. unfortunately, the government and heavy regulatory, the heavy regulated industries, right, are always going to be held back because of the regulation. And that's not necessarily that's a bad thing, but it's always going to be, you know, the trailing edge as opposed to even the cutting edge, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree with you in a lot of aspects. I mean, realistically, we don't let our devs into the data center. So realistically, we wouldn't let them into mm-hmm. like VMware or AWS necessarily, except maybe to spool up a service. So, I mean, I hear you a thousand percent on that. I just, I think it's interesting that, you know, the various aspects, the way they work together, like, yes, you want your developers to be able to spool up instances, but you don't want them touching physical hardware either. Right. And and, that, and that's where IAC can come in yeah. in a really interesting way, because yeah. what we do is we develop. So we actually have what most people wish they had in some ways. Our development environment matches our production environment down to the hardware level. Right. So mm. 
we have what we call an opinion and we deploy that out into a development Amazon account. That is the VPC network. That is the load balancer front end. Mm -hmm. That is the DNS config. That is all of the config for that entire block, including public DNS, private DNS. We actually have internal load balancers versus external, right? All of that is codified and deployed. And our production environment is literally the exact same thing with just different IPs. And some of the partners that I've worked with have the same IP for their dev and their prod, right? Same IP ranges and everything. And it's not routable in between the different networks at all. It's like physically not possible to do that. And what that gives you in terms of the ability to promote infrastructure changes through your environments, as well as code changes, knowing that your development tiers are identical and that if you've got an issue in prod, it's the same in dev, those are game-changing changes. Those are really, really things that people wish they had. And enabling that functionality on-prem is actually possible. And that's the kind of stuff that really kicks it to the next level and enables some of these next-gen solutions. And that's where I'm saying, like, on-prem is absolutely necessary long-term, but I think the long-term vision of what on-prem looks like will be vastly different in even 10 years. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Because of OpenStack, because of all of those other technologies that exist to treat Mm. physical hardware like a cloud. Mm -hmm. What is it, mass.io, M-A-A-S? The Ubuntu offering for basically spinning up and treating hardware like a a generic cloud instance right out of the gate. There's some really interesting stuff in that space too. And I'm not going to say any of that's easy. That's hard. We work with a vendor who has a cloud offering and their app can scale and do all these wonderful things in the cloud. But when it comes to the on-prem stuff, which is what we actually use, it's terrible because they Mm. don't have that expertise and knowledge around the network and around load balancers because they're so used to just outsourcing it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you do need to be aware of those layers. You do need to be aware of those things if you're going to host apps that way versus up in the cloud. So there's so much give and take back and forth. It's just, it's never going to be the same as what it was. This genie is not going to go back in the bottle. And you're going to see a Mm. lot of workloads shifting up there just because of ease. Right, right. But I do expect on-prem to really start building up this same set of capabilities. Yeah, I agree with that. Hmm. Now, I have one one more question for you. If you could fight a horse-sized ducks or a hundred (laughs) duck-sized horses. I would definitely, okay. definitely fight a hundred duck-sized horses because I can probably pump them nice and far. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it checks out. Jason, <laughs> you had 15 ducks and you cut them all in half and then you threw away the halves. Half of the halves. No, Jason. How many, how many halves of ducks would you have? If those ducks were clans, <laughs> how many how many clans would you have? <laughs> Is he even still here? <laughs> it, it always takes him a minute. I'm just really trying to wrap my head around the half You're processing. Duck. Man, it's, it's at least fifty-seven thousand. Okay. No. Damn it! I always get no. it wrong. One day I'll get it right. For the record, mm. eighty-five billion people have died in the last hour to COVID. That's not. That's not true. So not true. 80% of statistics are made up. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard it was 76%. Oh, well. So yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, 15 <laughs> clams. Abraham 80, Lincoln said that. 
What? Sorry, what were you saying? 15, 15, 15 clams? Yes. Yeah. You can do math. Congratulations. What are your 15 clams? I don't know. Oh my <laughs> god. You didn't have one? Well, I thought I had one, but then we had a really good conversation with Derek and I kind of forgot. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of... Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of transfixed. Derek, I think you've been our best guest so far. I'm don't literally sitting here with a piece of paper and I'm writing down all these things and I'm trying to figure out if I can <laughs> cut my own personal hosting costs using the cloud. <laughs> I mean... We're recording it, so you don't really need to, but okay. Well, I just, I forgot about reserved instances. It's easy okay. to forget about them. Look at the same. Do you have to use a certain amount? Plans are really decent. Do you have to, like, use a certain amount? Can I get one reserved instance? Yeah, you commit, basically, to a certain amount of spend, and so they'll give you a discount on it. And I think you can even commit to one, and one year, like one instance for one year. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, Derek. I really damn it, Derek. Coming on, man. Now I have to pay you for this fucking consulting you've done. <laughs> you will in about three weeks. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Jathan, Jathan, what? What have you been pondering? Yeah, what have you been pondering? Tell us your pondering. You know, I have just been caught up in my new job. I have been generally miserable. <laughs> Derek, you've done the impossible. You've left Jathan without bullshit. You've left Jathan speechless. Speechless. That's impossible. It's impossible. I did not. I did not think that was a human feat. That was. I didn't think that was within the human Literally limits impossible. of capability. Literally impossible. I don't know how you did it, but kudos to you. Can you come back next week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two weeks from now. Yeah, easy. <laughs> Maybe you should just replace me, guys. That's fine with me. <laughs> I think Derek's Ouch. better than me. Tough crowd. Jathan, I wanted to... Don't say that. A lot of people are better than you. <laughs> 95% of the world? Yeah. <laughs> but really, Jathan, what have you what been, have pondering? been pondering? Come on. Pondering, not feeling. <laughs> I really, honest to God, don't... I haven't been. You haven't like, been? No, I just... Huh. I've been in a bit of a rut. I know, you yelled at me the other day. You were like, fuck you! I mean, new jobs will do that to you. Exactly. It's ridiculous yeah. stress. I told him that, Well, and he didn't believe me. Peyton fucking pings me on Discord in the middle of the workday just to say my name with no real question or anything. We so do it's like every I... day, all the time. So let me take that next-gen thinking into account. Why are you on Discord in the middle of the day? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm literally not, unless it's in the fucking host channel, because I figure one of them actually needs something relevant. <laughs> of course, of not. course not. So when I get a fucking... My notifications, I only get them for that channel, and only if they specifically mention me. But these fucking morons just do it for no reason. Because we love you, Jayvon. Mm -hmm. and, and not in the platonic way. Huh. Okay. Uh, anyway, I don't have a good 15 clams. Use signal, use store. There you go. Yeah. Like, I just don't know what happened, but I'm just, I'm really stuck thinking about money and AWS right now. Money. <laughs> money. So, so, also, I mean, that's, that's so, very general, so, Jason. Do you want to narrow that down a little? Wait a second. I have a question about this website that I'm looking at that was just if shared it, with if me. It, if it's. Is this hosted in AWS, Dan? Is it no, it's, no, it's WordPress on DreamHost, I think. Oh, okay. 
Rebuilding the yeah. Homestead's DNS with console DNS mask and Ansible. Yeah, that was that was something I wrote many years ago. I never update my website very much. I need to get okay, better at that. For the listeners who have no fucking clue what's going on, Jathan, do you want to say what you're actually looking at here? I believe this is Derek's website. Yes, it is. Okay, we'll be looking for that in the show notes. Not to be confused Context. with my website, which is just as good as his. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You've got, like, what, like, two articles on there? Like, how many articles do you have? I have more than you. I have, like, eight. <laughs> I have one, two, three, four. I have five, thank you. Oh, well, five, excuse wow. me. You've been busy. But they're <laughs> better. They're better articles. Are they? <laughs> are they? Are you sure? Yes. Check, out my, check out my article on uh, how to maintain SSH public keys in Active Directory and or LDAP for systems authentication. That's hey, actually I my most linked that. article. And it was referenced, I think, in some Red Hat documentation at one point. No what? shit. Really? That's wow. awesome. Yeah, Incredible, that, that actually was. <laughs> I might have looked. I don't think I clicked on it, but I might have looked at that link. What? Shut up. When I was setting up, up SSSD. No, shut up. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, because I was reading the Red Hat docs on it. Huh. So. Derek, how large is your property? I have uh, 14 <laughs> acres. Oh, Holy man. shit, that's awesome. Yeah, and I have 14 acres in the middle of Pennsylvania, well, east coast of Pennsylvania, east side of Pennsylvania, and I have chickens, and we're, we were originally going to get pigs this year, but... Oh, yeah, what that happened to that? That had to get pushed off because of all the other stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Lots yeah. of lots Pig of spread COVID, Peyton. Yeah, so... Well, I helped them. <laughs> well, I'm originally, originally from Pennsylvania as well, and my significant other would really like to move back, and if I move back, I want some land. Okay, just to be clear, are we still in your 15 clams here? Is yeah, this one sure. Of clams? Just call it the 15 clams. acres of clams. Okay. 15 acres of clams. Where it, there you go. It's a clam field. 15 acres of clams. <laughs> in which Jathan debates on moving back to PA. Jathan, just fucking do it. Stop pussyfooting Seriously, around. Seriously. Do it or not. is awesome. I moved here from New York and I do not regret it. Okay, well that yeah. was like a downgrade, I mean, I moved obviously. here from Texas and I, I love every second of it up here. Sorry, New York is downgrade from Pennsylvania, but Colorado is pretty great. Yeah. Is it though? Is, is it? I mean, have you? Yes. <laughs> I've been to Colorado Jay thought, many times. Let many me put it times. this way: Would you still be humming and hawing about moving back to PA if Colorado was so great? That seems like a dumb Jay question. Thought, weed is not legal. No, it's not illegal here. I don't care about that. I don't partake. <laughs> it's not a dumb question, Jason. Think about it. You're still holding on to the yeah, question for some reason. You're holding on to the question. Embrace the inner j There J-thon. is no spoon. Let go. Should I start playing Robbie Shaikar for the Play it. Although we're not done yet, right? Derek, Derek, I don't know how many episodes you've listened to, but j hates Robbie, Robbie Shaikar. He hates Robbie. <laughs> hates him. Hates him. And I don't know why. Robbie's kind of like that nice little, you know, kind of mellows you out a little bit, you know. PA does fucking roll. Absolutely. We're, we're typing in Discord, guys. Instead of talking <laughs> yeah, on, we're, on we're, yeah. we're just recording <laughs> us while we're talking. It's like the shit show like all over again. Show. God damn it. What the fuck? I yeah. have that effect on people. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the real question is what is the real 15 clams? I feel like. Jay thought. The whole point of fits and clams is so you can say whatever unrelated, irrelevant. Alright, well, alright. We all know I have a Mac Mini at my desk. Yeah. I had this. The weird, weird part is more often than not, your fits and claims are like relevant to tech. I know, and but. I, the whole point of it was so you would move your irrelevant bits <laughs> from the regular segments away into your own segment. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it anyway. Doesn't matter a little okay, bit. you're. 
Your Mac Mini. I was having all kinds of power issues with my PC. Your Mac Mini, and it was a whole thing. No, no, my PC. But so now, is your Mac Mini a PC, or is it a Mac Mini, or which PC are you talking about? My Windows box. Okay, okay. okay. I think I have a short on my Mac. Wait, your Mac Mini is a Windows box? No, no, no. Two computers: Windows (laughs) box, Mac (laughs) Mini. Mac Mini. Perfect. Now that's a plus one. Good job. Now. So the whole thing is, the Mac Mini has been unplugged for a while because I was messing with my computer, I got a new desk, I rearranged things, but the big thing is, I don't want to keep moving my fucking mouse and keyboard back and forth between the two computers to switch between them. Get a KVM switch. Yes, next. well, I yeah, had one. There's an app for that. What is it, Synergy? Synergy, yes. yeah. Syn- yes. And but then you need two monitors. There's an open source. But anyway... Well, Synergy was open source, it, and no, they, you know, they, they closed some parts, This is why I hate so 15 now there's source. This is clearly not my time. <laughs> That's because you're 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 taking forever to get to the point. What's it's your not question? a question. What's your statement? I bought a magic keyboard and a magic trackpad, and Apple delivered it to me in one hour. Wow! I'm sorry. And what? it's just an hour? so much easier because it's so small. I can just put it in the drawer under my desk, and now I don't have to worry about unplugging my wired keyboard oh, oh, from my oh, other oh, computer. Oh, 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 but everything's so good. An hour? Yeah, an it hour? was actually like thought? 38 minutes. That is. And here's the thing. Did it come That's by insane. drone or it was a so guy in a car. Apple really likes the Colorado market. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. No kidding. So here's the thing. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I could have paid for normal, like standard shipping. It would have been like six bucks. The one hour delivery was only eight dollars. So I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Damn. Are you kidding? That's fucking insane. So, uh, okay, so that's a one-up on PA. Jeez. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So I literally ordered this but yesterday again, like, on my lunch break at noon, and it was here before one o'clock. That's insane. Did it come by UPS or what? No, no, no. It was literally just a guy in a car. A guy in a car? Yeah, I was going to say, that's got to be a private carrier yeah. at that point. Yeah. But private I mean, carrier. I asked him, and I was like... <laughs> well, I mean, really, all all service providers are well, carrier sure, in some sure. I, I just asked him, though. I was like, yeah, that, no, it's does Apple, like, accurate. abuse you? Or, like, is this an okay gig? Like... <laughs> well, because, like, I'm happy to, like... Like, I couldn't tip him or anything. Like, he couldn't take any money. So I wanted to make sure, like, if I'm going to use this service again, I don't want Apple, like, you know, slave driving people more than they do in other areas of their company. Well, they're not Amazon. No, okay, no, Jason. Twice for you. <laughs> yeah. He's but, freaking but, out torture and Morse code you. <laughs> the guy basically said it's something that they're doing during COVID because the stores in Colorado are not open to go to. Oh, so it's like a like a Uber Eats, but for and he Mac said products. that he gets paid pretty well. So are you thinking about making okay. a job switch to no. delivering Mac products? I just wanted to make sure I wasn't supporting some kind of bad behavior. I look, Jeff thought, Bezos. We live in a free economy. Well, not very free, but it's, free enough. it's more free than free other enough. places. He can find a different job if he hates it that much. He's can not, he though? It, it, we're, we don't have indentured can, can servitude. We don't have slavery because he anymore. He has to pay bills and rent and, and eat. So that may be his only job. Can he leave that job and still do those things? Yes. Really? That's why we have a job really? market. What if he can't get a yes. job? Hey, well, then he should work on developing his skills. Peyton. I agree. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> okay. Well, if, he's, if he can't find another job, he needs to make himself more marketable. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Derek, thank you so much for coming on. You've been. Yeah, a this was really guy. great. I feel like we weren't really like, there was no structure, but it was a great discussion. Well, do you remember that? Well, that's how our interview Yeah, the Jason Scott are. interview was him just talking, and we would go, hmm, interesting, and then ask another question. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what we talked about. And it was I like was... 45 minutes later, but he goes, hmm, that's interesting. So what about this? And he'd talk for another 45 minutes. Like, it was, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a super long episode, yeah. Yeah.
That's I love talking kind of... about tech, so I appreciate being on. I'm I'm a geek at heart, and I love this shit. So anytime, yeah. So yeah, we we love another talking thing. Stuff. That's why we have. This. I mean, first of all, you should continue to hang out in our Discord. But hey, by the way, we have a Discord. Beat me to it. Yeah, yeah. We are talking it. about. We're considering. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this on the air, but I'm going to because Thank it could be the worst thing I've said on air. It's your episode. Or it's no, your no, 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 it's my it's segment. Okay. That's goddamn right. It's, it's, already, this is your claim. Well, no, Jaython, that's also give you permission to release. Like, yes. Yeah. It is? We haven't gotten to the, the exit program. yet. Or oh, whatever. Okay. This is... Right. Jathan, if I remember correctly, we've allotted you 15 minutes for your 15 clans. That's one clan per minute. You've exceeded no, your quota. Right. What time did he start his 15 clans? Fine. I fine. don't know. I fine. <laughs> but no, no. Jathan, it's, it's fine. So first off, you don't get free reign... To talk about confidential shit, just it's not it's confidential. Segment. That's not how things. You don't even know what I'm going to say. Second, is, you're it right. Is, it is confidential. It's not confidential. No, no, it's not because I already put a poll out on Twitter. It, it was only out for a day. But no, that's not even up. what I'm going to talk about. So what are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk? Oh, about? I was going to talk about the fact that we were trying to organize a day of tech talks. Oh. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. no, that was in that was in what trust? Yeah, we talked about it in Discord. So anyway, Derek, it would be really great if you joined us for that and maybe put together a talk whenever we decide we're actually doing that. Sorry sure. About that. Because I'm sure a lot of the yeah. people who have expressed interest are probably not in cloud operations for sure. <laughs> That's true. It might be we need some balancing. Yeah. So I still think we should call it Syscon, which I thought. Is it really but, a con though? Yeah. Yes. And it will be successful. It's a conference. We will rule the day. Or a convention, depending on on your beliefs. Sure. Of, but yeah, no, I, I would I would call it a conference, Jathan. If you have multiple tracks by different speakers, that is inherently a conference. That and sounds like, but, but yeah. like they don't and call attendees. TED Talks like the TED Talks conference because it's one yeah. person. No, it's, it's not. A, it's TED. It's many people over the course of a day at a no, TEDx event. It's just TED talking. Peyton, fuck you so much. All right, we're done here. <laughs> I hate that I laughed at that. No. No, Jathan. I mean, Ted. They do refer to TED talks at like TED conventions. TED talks are the no. It's called TEDx events. I've gone to them. That's a different thing. TEDx are different than TED. I don't think it's a conference. It's not a conference. It's TEDx there. It is a conference. They call it a TED conference. Oh my gosh! All right, you know what? We're on air right now, so I don't have the time for this bullshit. But I'm gonna school you. When we stop recording later, when I have time after, that's I fine. I'm going to be up all night bullshit. migrating everything I have to AWS. <laughs> <laughs> so you take your time, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's going to come in tomorrow and be like, AWS rules, y'all. Fuck Linode. Yeah, man, I'm going to order like a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh man. <laughs> hey, dude. Jathan, do you want to try and get us an AWS sponsorship? Yeah, you should do it. <laughs> I feel like after this episode, we Yeah, can. but if they go back and listen to literally any other, they're going to be like, wait a second. <laughs> well, uh, they might need to tone it down a bit, and I don't know if that would keep the authenticity <laughs> up. <laughs> we, we try to be authentic. And, oh, and, we'll just tell know. them we were joking. <laughs> oh, yeah, episode, sure. How many episodes you guys have? Uh, at least five. No, it's uh, we're past... We might be at 150, maybe? Hold on. Let me do the math. You guys keep no, talking. It's time to be done here. Some... No, <laughs> no, we're not keep done. talking, Jathan. So what's your longest episode? Let's do this. <laughs> three. Oh. That'd be the shit. Any, any given, given shit show. show we had one that was like three, three and a half hours. Wasn't the most recent one like three and a half? I think it was 
Three last and a half year. Long. Each each shit show tends. To last year long. was the shortest because Peyton got drunk too quickly. No. <laughs> I saw the that aftermath of that. Holy crap! Yeah. Did you see the video? We yes. have video. Yeah. Okay. That, that I was talked last to his year. significant it other year, about it. It was the year before that. Was the was the one where I got too drunk? Last year. No, no, that fun. was this year. No. Dude, you weren't coherent. No, last you year, stop freaking audacity. Yeah, that was. That was it's a giant that was button two years that's ago. square, and you couldn't press it. <laughs> that was yeah. That was two years ago. Last year was two years ago. Oh shit! I'm old. Yes, it, yeah. It was because it was before I I moved into my house. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you guys. I All know right, what the shit I'm talking about here. I know uh, when I was too drunk to stop Come audacity. On. Come on. Fuck that's you. Fine. Eat my dick. No. So wait, I have a question about. No. Uh, You're so much over. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll hang no. out on Discord afterwards, but I gotta piss. Man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing right now? Okay, okay, okay. Let's okay. school you. So You're this going is to school, season bro. six, episode. What is this? Six, five, 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 five. 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 So with this episode releasing, we will have 111 episodes. Nice. Is that all? Congratulations, guys. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we've been doing it for this is our seventh year. Yeah, so he's got a piss. So with that, this has been System Trivia. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Peyton. And with us we had Derek. Fantastic. See you around. <laughs> <laughs>